I'm Deb Kuykendall. And I'm Jacob Kuykendall. I'm Karen Hernandez. And this is the Decades Podcast, a podcast where we watch two movies, one from a previous decade and one from the 2010s. And this season we are covering horror movies. I hope you enjoy the show. Heck yeah, you'll enjoy the show. Hello, people. This is the Decades Podcast. I'm Deb Kuykendall. I'm Jacob Kuykendall. Karen Hernandez here. And uh, today we watched The Vavitch, yeah. which I guess we're supposed to call The Witch. We all call The Vavitch. <laughs> and um, our old, the old movie that we watched, we're in the 60s now, it was a movie from 1968 called Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And uh, But before we start, last week, or last week, not last week, last episode, which was mm-hmm. about a month ago, we, uh, I started the episode by talking about the motion picture production code, and we went through what the production code uh, consisted of, the, the kinds of restrictions that they entailed. The production code uh, ended in 1968. So 1968 is when they started oh. using the motion picture, uh, whatever, the, the rating system that yeah. we have now. And the big difference between the two is that with the production code, movies were censored so that anyone could see them, and they were considered morally accessible to anyone. Your kid could go uh, to the movie and would not be damaged by what he saw on screen. Unlike nowadays. The the rating system is the opposite. You can make any movie you want, but a movie rating will be applied to it to ensure that only people that are of an appropriate age can see it. It is mm-hmm. 100% focused on children. And if you read the various... Um, the descriptions of the ratings, they're all about children. Like, yeah. general audiences, any kid can see this. PG, you might want to know what's in it before you let your child see it. PG-13, we think parental a 13 guidance. parental guidance. Uh, initially, there were four ratings. There was um, G, I think GP, M, and... Ugh. What's GP? GP is yeah. PG. Oh, <laughs> Parental guidance, guidance parents or something. Guidance yeah. for parents. It was GP originally, and then they switched okay. it around to PG. Um, they didn't have R. They had M for mature. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe they did have X as well. So okay. those were the first four. Uh, then PG became, or GP became PG. M became R. And later they added PG-13. And there was a specific movie that I think it's Raiders them. of the Lost Ark is the one I've always heard. That caused the PG-13? Yeah. yeah I, I don't recall which movie it was, but it was, it was a very specific movie. It was for they... kids, but it had a lot of violence. So the old system, there weren't categories. There was just a bunch of rules, blanket rules right. for all movies. And then you got a stamp of approval saying your okay. movie can be displayed. Okay. And okay. now the system that we all know, there's a lot of different categories. And, and they establish how old you need to be okay. or should be when viewing that movie. Hmm. Um... Is there still an X? I don't know that there is an X anymore. Uh, they, I think they switched X for NC-17. Yeah. Because people wanted to be able to make movies that were rated higher than an R, but were not actual pornography. So yeah. they needed a rating to cover that. I looked it up. It was because the Temple of Indiana Jones 2, the Temple of Doom was rated PG, and that was that too much for kids. Blood. Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie released three months after Temple of Doom. Mm. So the movie we watched today, Rosemary's Baby, was rated R, meaning that no one under the age of 17 
should see this movie. And from the get-go, we saw things in that movie that yeah. were not seen in any of the movies under that we had watched that were subject to the motion picture production mm-hmm. code. We sure did. What was the first Six. thing? Oh, the marijuana. marijuana. They walk yeah. into the apartment within minutes and are yep. talking about marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a literal rape, which was one of the literal, you cannot have a rape mm-hmm. in your movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Sex, let's make love. That was in the first... I don't know, one of the first scenes. Yeah, their first time that yeah. they're in their apartment, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. almost immediately after yeah. the movie begins. There's yeah. Nudity. Yeah. Female nudity, mm-hmm. specifically. So, uh, we need a synopsis of Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. I will say, I read the book. Yeah. So I'm probably best You should suited. do it. You should yeah. go for also, it. Also, this movie is probably one of the closest adaptations of a book that you will ever see. Hmm. Okay. In fact, Roman Polanski... Uh, Grilled the author of this book. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of trivia about this. Oh, so uh, the movie was they like they what do they call when they get a when they buy a book? What's that called? Option. They took an option on this book before it was even printed. Gotcha. Uh, so Roman Polanski worked from the galleys of the book to write the screens the screenplay. The galleys of the, the galleys right? because it hadn't been published yet. I don't know what the galleys. Yeah, is. what's what is the, the term galleys? galleys? The galleys are the the unpublished pages of this. Oh, book. okay. Okay. Uh, it's a book written by Ira Levin, who wrote, I don't know, six or seven books and some plays, and they were all very successful, and ma- many of them made into movies. For example, The Stepford Wives, hmm. Boys from Brazil, um, I think a, there, a play called Death Trap, which was made into a movie with Christopher Reeve. It's sort of a comedy. That sounds familiar. Um, so he wrote a lot of very successful books. This was one. He, they... Roman Polanski, I think this might have been his first Western movie. Okay. He, the the producer, not the producer, the head of the studio, or the exec, the, I don't know, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who's <laughs> that guy who's in That young guy who wanted to make this movie. Um, he wanted Roman Polanski to make it, but he wasn't sure that Roman Polanski would want to make another horror movie because he had just made one. Which one was the one that he just made? I can't remember if it's The Vampire Killers, which is a comedy, or if it was a different horror movie, but a lot of his movies before this were pretty Hmm. much horror movies. Hmm. Like um, Repulsion, I think might have been one of the ones before this. He he wasn't sure if Roman Polanski would take to it, but he did know that Roman Polanski liked to ski, so he (laughs) gave him the uh, he gave him the script for Downhill Racer, hmm. which is a movie starring Robert Redford. And then he said, as, kind of as an offhand remark, well, here, take a look at this as well. Oh. And Roman Polanski came back and said, I want to make Rosemary's Baby. Coincidentally, they wanted Robert Redford to play the guy oh, that'd be house great. character. Yeah. But he apparently was being sued by the studio at the time, so <laughs> they couldn't give him the part. Whoops. But he is the star of Downhill Racer, which I think is kind of weird. They hmm. wanted Robert Redford to play... The husband. Oh, Guy's part. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would have been cool. Yeah, I could see that. Totally. Yeah. They got kind of a Robert Redford type to they play They did. Uh, I will say one of the one of the things about this movie, John Cassavetes and, and uh, Roman Polanski didn't get along at all. The actor played the, Guy. The guy, yeah, the actor hmm. played Guy. He... <laughs> He is in a different school of filmmaking where things are a little more, uh, uh... Great. Good movies. I don't know. <laughs> no, more, um... God, what is John Cassavetes in other than this? I can't tell you. I okay. wouldn't even begin to be able to tell you. He no, was a famous familiar. actor and he was okay. a famous director. He's a little more loose in his style, whereas Roman Polanski was like, in his direction is, you move here, you do this, you do that, you do that. He doesn't really give a lot of, you know, emotion. Hmm. Um, 
The dog's barking. Yeah. Hi, Hi Mimi. That's the dog. <laughs> and there's no one here to stop her from barking. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want me to stop her from barking? No, that's yeah. good. She'll, she'll go on. I have a question for you, though. All right. Since there's a generational gap, when did you first see Rosemary's Baby? I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Was I this... was five years old when this movie came out. I was going to say, are you fam- more familiar with this? Because I was familiar with this movie as a famous horror movie. I saw this movie, like... I don't know, as a teen. It was on TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it's it. A, I'm, I'm familiar with it as a famous horror movie. Okay. And I, you know, it was mm-hmm. in the ether when I was a child. All the movies you've listed as other Roman Polanski movies are me are not familiar to me. Those were all before Rosemary's Baby. So okay. they would be, you know, they predate any Roman Polanski movie you would be familiar with. Okay. I think I have to stop that. Thought. Okay. Yeah. We'll take a quick break here. Yeah. We'll be right back. Break! Break! break. break, 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 break. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day I gave it away. I love this picture. I'm going to take this picture right now of you in that old photo and then you now. Is there a picture of me behind me? Yes. Stop moving! (laughs) <laughs> you stop moving. You stop moving. Wow. Sorry about that. I'm just recording. It's very distracting to me when I'm talking. I know you're more you're more distracted by the pets than I am. Probably I've, than I've the audience. Out. Yes. Way back. Anyway, John Casabetti's. Wait, hold on, uh, hold on. We're gonna do a break. Oh, here's one thing we should do. We need to record five seconds of no sound. Why? Because then I can subtract the background so, noise. So you can sample it and then uh, noise reduce. I was trying to do that with the second episode, and there was like, I was trying to do like split seconds. All right, I'm going to count okay. down from five. Okay, so John Cassavetes and Roman Polanski, they didn't get along. They had very different styles. He wanted to be a little looser. Roman Polanski is very... Uh, well, I mean, you looked at you see this movie. There were so many details. It was yeah. very specifically done. Um, it was very tightly made. Like yes. everything that happened was very. You could see why. And sort mm-hmm. of a Terry Gilliam esque level of attention to detail. So, Is that that director you had mentioned before, where like a little clock had to be a certain way? There was in like a scene. A, one scene in one of his movies where he wanted to have a hamster running in a yeah. wheel way back in the Twelve background. Monkeys. That's yeah, the one. Twelve yes. Monkeys. I remember you talking about that. Well, I could see. That there would be attention because that actor who played what is his name? Uh, John Cassavetes. Yeah, John Cassavetes, actor who played Guy, was so like he couldn't. His he, style he was, was loose. a little different. He was, yeah. he was yeah. like um, like the stuff that he would say or the one-liners he would say could could have been improv for all we know. Like it was just so yeah yeah. Sometimes he was a lot it, smoother than yeah. a lot of the other actors. Sometimes it could be very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I know that um, I was gonna I mentioned this and then I decided not to is that. Um, he, Roman Polanski wanted it to be very true to the year. Mm. So we're talking about a, a book that came out in 67. Mm. The movie came out in 68, but he wanted it to be true. To 67? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, but they said it was 66 when the events occurred. So he wanted it to be true to the year 1966. <laughs> and so the costumer, because apparently during that time, uh, women's skirts started to get shorter, mm-hmm. so she actually made Rosemary's skirts get shorter throughout the movie. They started it at one length. Oh. The one time we did see her, she was wearing the maxi mm-hmm. skirt when she was having her period, mm-hmm. probably for comfort, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, it looked like a blanket, and I would be into wearing that <laughs> But by well. the end, she's wearing like a little skirt. all of the others, skirt. she was wearing 
all the rest of the yeah. time, she was actually wearing mini dresses. But she was the when they had walked into the apartment, even before she had gotten, even before she wore that long dowdy skirt. Like she was wearing her little shift dresses. Yeah, they're all short. But yeah, apparently they got shorter throughout oh. the course of the film. For well, and her style changes significantly as mm-hmm. the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. I guess I should do. Should I just talk about trivia right now, or should I move on to the synopsis? You should do the synopsis real quick because I think, actually think it's pretty. You can cover it pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. So a, a young couple moves into a new apartment, the Bramford. The husband is an actor. He's not having a lot of success. The woman is very. I'm going to say fragile. I think that's a nice way to put yeah. it. Yeah, idealistic uh, and, and naive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the husband uh, had makes friends. Well. They have dinner with the couple next door as an elderly couple, mm-hmm. uh, the woman, the wife. What, what's their last name? Roman and... Castavet. Yeah, the Castavets. Yeah. What's her first name? Minnie. Minnie Castavet, <laughs> who's yeah. quite overbearing and has a broad accent of some kind. Um, Annoying neighbor lady. Yeah, yeah, really, neighbor Minnie. And when they first move in, they have a woman living with them who is apparently a, a drug addict that they're helping to uh, rehabilitate. Mm-hmm. She's she almost immediately kills herself. Mm-hmm. She jumps out of a window. She is wearing a necklace that contains tannis root. And it's a very distinctive necklace that she's got on. And you can see it laying in a pool of blood after she jumps out of a window and kills herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they start inserting themselves into the lives of um, Rosemary and Guy. Guy starts becoming better friends with them and will go over to their apartment to listen to stories told yes. by Roman. They start... Pulling themselves away from their other friends, Hutch. Mm-hmm. Their, yeah, their good friend Hutch and any other friends who are never seen yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. except at the party. Um, they give Rosemary the necklace that was on the neck of the girl who killed mm-hmm. herself in the beginning, filled with tannis root. Uh, and then Guy starts to have sudden success. He was up for a part. He gets a phone call. He finds out that the, uh, the man who was up for that part, who got the part, suddenly goes blind. Yeah. So he now hits his part, and he starts having a lot of success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Rosemary's raped by the devil. Yes. <laughs> uh, in what she thinks in a maybe a dream, but is they, not. They give her some chocolate mouse, which she eats. <laughs> she passes out. She's raped by the devil. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant. Her husband facilitates all of this. Yes, her husband's You, you don't know that for sure at the time, but mm. yeah. It becomes very clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, throughout her pregnancy, it, she begins to suspect that the people next door are witches and that they want to take her baby and kill it for their ritual. Mm-hmm. She doesn't realize that her doctor is in on it until she goes to the doctor's office to tell him, I have to get out of here because they want to steal my baby. And she finds out that he sometimes smells of tannis root. Or the devil's pepper. The devil's pepper <laughs> is also known from the book that Hutch gave her. Oh, also her friend Hutch falls into a coma at the moment that he's about to tell her this tannis root stuff is devil's pepper, and also they're all witches, and also the name Roman Roman Castavet, Roman Castavet is an acronym. No, an, an, not an, an anagram. anagram. Yeah, uh, anagram. Yeah, anagram. Or Demarc. What was it? Demarc. Stephen um, Marcos, I think. No, it wasn't Marquetta. Marquetta. No, Marcado. Marcado, yeah. who is the son of a known. Devil worshiper, witch type, <laughs> who had, uh, you know, in the 1880s, claimed to raise the devil yes. into human form Before he was or killed. into life form. Uh, so, at the same time that she she goes to she decides to go see a different doctor, 
she tells the doctor the story of how these witches are trying to take her baby for their rituals. He thinks to himself, you don't know this. I'm, this is an interpretation. Yeah. He says, hmm, she's crazy. I'm going to call a real doctor. Dr. whatever, Saperstein, mm -hmm. who is in on it. Uh, then her husband and Dr. Saperstein show up. They take her home. She goes into labor. She has a baby. They tell her it dies. Then she's recuperating. She starts hearing the baby crying. Yeah. Eventually she realizes there's a way to get into her apartment from the Castavet's apartment. Mm -hmm. She sneaks in there with a knife, intending to kill somebody what, yeah. or get her baby and finds out her baby is the devil's baby and yeah. then she's very upset and then Roman convinces her to be the devil baby's mom. Yeah. And, and she's into it at the very end. Well, yeah. she is Maybe. probably in postpartum. Yeah. She's thinking about it. Stuff, She's I guess. conflicted at best, yeah. let's say. So that's Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. uh, the dialogue that's in that movie is all directly from the book. Oh, okay. That's so cool. Even all his weird, all his one-liners. Every word they said. Yeah, that is yeah. so cool. One. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was a very, it was scary at parts. It was not a scary, scary movie. Yeah, like there's you no see. jump scares or. But it was, I mean, it's unpleasant and uncomfortable. I thought that the, this is really where we started to see like the classic horror movie shots of like the mm -hmm. video, the camera zooming in at weird angles and just like, um. Um, like behind behind people shots or or with you know like you were saying when we were watching it the knife in the closet she's pointing me but unlike the previous movies we watched this was not a film noir uh, pretty much all of the movies we've seen up to this point had some foot you know had a foot in the film noir sure genre mm -hmm. with maybe film. the exception of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde yeah mm-hmm uh, yeah, this is where he starts seeing... This was in color, as Jacob pointed out at the beginning. Yeah, it's first, our first color first movie. First in color Yay! movie from the <laughs> We did it. <laughs> and it was beautiful in color. I mean, the, the he had a lot of control over the colors. There was this one scene, the scene where she goes to see Dr. Hill at the end, where there are only like three colors. He's wearing a plaid shirt that has brown and white and blue in it. She's wearing a dress that has the same color of blue and white. All the walls were white. The doors were the mm -hmm. same color of brown. Yeah, muted. The, the Casavetes are always dressing crazy garish. Yeah, in neon colors. Yeah, neon colors. And it's gorgeous. And oh, go ahead. You no, know. that's what I was gonna say. The 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 when they first meet the uh, Casavetes, the they're coming back from a night on the town. Night on the town, and Mr. Casavetes wearing like a pink suit with a red bow tie. Yeah, and his wife's wearing like this big. Like it's kind of a it's paper blue, flower uh, hat. Is that the white hat? Yeah, with the, all the white hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wearing amazing clothes. Um, yeah. and then you can see the transformation of Rosemary's clothing to the color of her clothing clothing throughout the film. In the beginning, she's got these bright dresses, and she's really, I don't know, she looks cheerful, fun, um, unsuspecting maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then she, through the course of her pregnancy, she wears these. Dowdy, and I guess it's you know she's also pregnant, and you want to be comfortable when you're pregnant. So sure. but she's got these like kind of drab, sort of dowdy colored. Um, she's wearing a maroon nightgown to go out onto the town. Mm -hmm. She's wearing her blue nightgown, and um, her clothes just aren't like not not only is the shape of her clothing changed, but like the colors have changed as well. Yeah, I um. I don't know. We're getting into just kind of what we thought about the movie, I think, at this point, right? Should we go on and do the witch, then? Yeah. The Vavitch. The Vavitch! <laughs> we call it the Vavitch because that's what's on the logo. That's how it's written. But if you look it up, 
If you want to search for it, you just look for The Witch. Everyone <laughs> calls it The Witch, but I know what it truly is. It truly is The Vivitch. Can I do the synopsis? Oh, please. Summarize. All right. The synopsis <laughs> of The Vivitch. Uh, this family is uh, cast out, slash they cast themselves out of this New England town. This is set in colonial times. 1630. 1630. And... Uh, the father of this family does not believe the town to be upstanding Christians, and so they leave, the town banishes them, and they banish themselves, and they start over a new life in this, um, in the forest, I guess just outside of the outskirts, the, on the outskirts of the forest, I don't know what you would call I don't know how far they that. went, but they're on the edge of a yeah. thick woods. Yeah, yeah so, so there's woods, and then they're right outside of like the woods. Like on a plane or something. Yeah, some weird, they're isolated. Um, the movie begins with the uh, eldest daughter of the family uh, playing with the baby by the stream, the youngest member of the family, Sam. And Sam gets taken. Uh, he disappears. Uh, That's well, a scary scene. There's yeah, a very scary, scary scene. She's playing peekaboo with yeah. the baby, and she peekaboos in the last peekaboo. Thomason, mm-hmm. baby is no, Thomason is her name. Yeah. Sam no, is, I mean the baby is the Samuel. baby's name. Yes. He disappears yep. from Peekaboo. I think that's one of the scariest parts of the movie because, like, it's it's also the beginning, and if you've seen the trailer, you know that the baby is going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in this scene, you know, they're playing Peekaboo how many times, and it's like the third time we're like, okay, when's the baby going to disappear? Or when You know, it's, it's building up. So the baby disappears while she's playing Peekaboo with him by a stream near the forest. And then, um, and then I think that's when the that's that's the way the movie's introduced and so um oh the very next thing that you see i think is the witch mashing up the baby oh right that's true that i thought i I didn't remember if that (laughs) was was before or after the um Mm -hmm. title but yes so you see that the baby disappears and then you see that it's this there's this witch who takes this baby and you don't see the baby luckily luckily you see the witch playing with the baby you see the witch like kind of like preparing the baby for this ritual and you don't know what's yet to come until you see the after effect of I guess there's a giant mortar and pestle that she smashes this baby in and then she rubs herself with this baby goo yeah. <laughs> and it's real gooey guys it's real it's that's, gnarly I would say that's probably the most horrifying thing we've oh seen for sure so far. yeah it, it was I, um, you know in the last episode I said no babies you can't you don't have a baby in your horror movie and the very next the movie opening we watch, is, a baby is, gets chopped up and mashed. Yeah, and it, it and gets rubbed on all over a witch's body and her stick and, and her, her stick. Uh, broom. Um, so that's how the movie opens, <laughs> and then it it just is turns into this downward spiral of family drama where the eldest teen daughter, who is on the cusp of puberty, I guess, um, or maybe just it just happened. Just she just got her period in this movie. Um, she's blamed for losing the baby in the family, Samuel. Um, she's blamed for a lot of things in this movie. Um, losing her mother's favorite cup when actually her father had traded it to, traded it for, I don't know, something. Um, she, she's, she's pinned down with a lot of, um, her mom doesn't, you know, my mom doesn't like me and my, Dad, I don't know. She, there's a lot of family drama, and jump in if I'm getting too rambly well, here. Yeah, I was gonna say the the dad goes looking for with the son. Dad yeah. and the What's son. What's the son's name? Oh, no. um, so the a- children a- are they have the baby who gets taken, 
two twins, male and female, young, Caleb, who are about five years old or so. Yes, Caleb yeah. is the oldest. And then son. the oldest son, Caleb, still, who's prepubescent, and yeah. then the daughter. oldest daughter. Yeah. So Caleb is the okay. So Thomason is the eldest daughter. She's the eldest, and she's the. I guess she's not the only daughter. Um, and then there's Caleb, and then there's the two twins, and then there's Sam. And um, there's a scene where they're by the water, and Thomason is washing her father's clothes. Oh, well, the father and son go to look for food. Mm -hmm. They fail. Yes. They come back. The mom's super mad because she doesn't want them going into the woods. Mm -hmm. The father has oh they. Oh, he he like accidentally hurts his eye or yeah, something. With the yeah, gun. his gun blows Backfires up in his when hand. he's trying yeah. to shoot the rabbit, the scary mm -hmm. devil rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> that they see in the woods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, she's washing the father's clothes. The son Caleb comes. He looks depressed. She's comforting him, and then the twins show up. Mm -hmm. and Mercy and Jonas. Mercy and yes. Jonas, and they start saying that there's a witch in the woods who stole the baby. Yeah, and that the goat. What's the goat's Black name? Black Philip. Black Philip told them this, and yeah. then the yeah. the. Daughter. Thomason. She's all like, you guys, she's, she's just so mad. And she's like, I'm the witch. You guys suck. I'm the witch. And if you tell our parents that I'm going to do something bad to you, because she just cannot stand these two annoying twins. Well, they are annoying. They're the most annoying of all children in all scary movies. Yeah. They, um, so she, she tells them off saying she's the witch. It's not them. It's just the daughter. It's just the female twin. Just uh, mercy. Oh, yeah. She holds she her tells, down. She tells her she's a witch and that she will curse her if she tells the parents that she told her she's a witch. And then mercy runs off. Um, you see a little bit of the family drama where the mom is... Maybe has some mental issues. She's having some well, issues. She's mourning. Yeah, her, she's mourning the loss of her child. She's mourning the loss of her child. She's crying and saying, we're all doomed. We need to take Thomason and sell her to another family to be a servant. Because mm -hmm. she's past her puberty. Past puberty. She can't be here anymore. Uh, we don't have any food. The crops are failing and we're all doomed. And why did you send us out into the woods? Yeah. And Dad. meanwhile, the son, uh, Caleb and Thomason can hear them having this conversation. It's at night when everybody's supposed to be asleep. Yeah. And so Caleb decides to go hunt for food on his own. He's maybe 12, I'm going to say. Yeah, 11, 12. somewhere around there. He's young. He's a young boy. Uh, their faces were magnificent, by the way. Mm -hmm. Both Thomason and Caleb mm -hmm. had magnificent yeah. faces. Yes. Actually, they all did. Yeah, they all um, So Caleb takes the horse, and Thomason says, you have to take me with you, or I'm going to tell them right now that you're going. So they go out into the woods. They lose the horse. The dog gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the bitch! <laughs> uh, that's, that's so a blanket fell down in our room. <laughs> we're trying to uh, mute some of the echo in this room with a blanket, and it just fell Whoops. to the haunted ghost. caused it to fall. Anyway, so Caleb goes out into the woods with Thomason. Thomason's on the horse. Caleb's, they've got the dog, whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah. It's Fowler. Fowler. Fowler, Fowler yeah. runs off after that devil rabbit. Yeah. And then uh, Caleb finds Fowler, and he's all, he's been gutted. Yeah, he's apparently. in trouble. And Thomas, oh, I'm sorry, Caleb panics and just stumbles off into the woods. He's lost. He's obviously not going back the way that he came. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Thomason gets kicked off the horse, and she falls unconscious. When she wakes up, he's mm -hmm. not there. She can't find anyone. She goes home. Caleb ends up at the at a witch's yes, house. He encounters yeah. the sexy baby rubbed on Vavitch. Yes. And she's got a beautiful, youthful face. Vavavitch. Which, which yeah. she kisses him. And then her horrible, wretched hand grabs him. grabs him by the head. And you don't see, you know, it cut away. Now we're back at the, uh, back at the house. Back at the house. Family house. Everybody's mad at Thomason again because she lost another kid and their dog and, and the horse. horse. Here's the silver cup. Yes. Or did she? 
So now the dad is going to go back to the village because they need food. They don't have a horse. Yeah, he's going to trade what they have and maybe take Thomason with him. And try to get some people to come back and find Caleb. Yeah. But before that happens, Caleb reappears. Mm -hmm. He appears, this naked little boy. Uh, falls down in the mud, and Thomason finds she him. She finds him. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very ill. So then they're praying over him, and then at some point he coughs up a bloody apple and dies. Yeah, he gives, <laughs> a, he gives a quite lengthy speech. His dying yes. scene was incredible for acting like That's that. That's the other scary part, I think. Yeah, that scene was very scary. Was scary. I expected him to levitate or something, but mm-hmm. I guess he didn't need to. No. That acting was great. That little child actor did a very good job. All of the acting was great in the movie. Yes, even yeah. the even the twins, even the babies. Yes. <laughs> during this, yes. yes, during his death scene, I guess you can call it. Uh, that's where the twins say Thomason is the witch, and she's been she's witched us. Uh, but but they, also, all during his speech, they are doing the same thing that he's doing. They're writing on the ground. Yes. And nobody's paying any attention to it except for Thomas. They also can't say the Lord's Prayer. Um, the two twins can't. They're faking it. Yeah. And they say, I can't, we can't remember it. I can't remember the rest of this prayer. Yeah. They're, I just, I feel so bad for the mom in that scene <laughs> because, like, her family is just going nuts and or dying. And yes. she's just, I understand it when she says, like, I can't hear any more of this. This is terrible. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think she's got, I mean, I, I think that all of this situation around her is causing this mental illness in her. I don't think she's just, like, this crazy person. Like, all of this hardship. Well, it's all actually happening. Yeah. yeah. But she hates Thomason from the get Oh, yeah. Even she, before anything happens. She hates Thomason for sure. Um... So no, the boy dies. Caleb dies after having a moment of religious ecstasy. Let's say yes. He meets Jesus and he just loves. I don't know if that's true. I don't. Jesus. It's not clear. It was. It could have been either way. Yeah. It could either have been Satan or or God. It was yeah. hard to to say specifically from the words that he was saying. And that's what the mom said in the movie too. The mom and the dad were saying like that could have. She was doubting whether he actually met his maker versus well, what if it was the, what if it was the devil. The the mom thinks it's they've been witched, uh, but the dad does not, and he ends up. Is this where he sticks Thomason and the twins and Black Philip? Yeah, he boards them all up into the goat barn. Well, yeah. first, before that, Thomason runs out of the house because the mom says, "Go away from here, leave." She says, "Get thee gone" or something. Oh yeah. And then the de- she she runs out of the house because everyone's blaming her for all the shit That's that right. she didn't she do. And then her dad comes out, and then he was like, oh, just admit that you're a witch. And then she's like, I'm not a witch! Why don't you believe me? No one believes me! Oh my god, you asshole, you're the one who did all this bad stuff. You're the one who took us out here. You're mm-hmm. the one who's who made our family like go through all this hardship. Yeah. And then he, mm-hmm. like, then he boards her up. He with- boards her up with the twins. Uh, we, at this point, suspect that the twins are probably possessed or under There's a spell. something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been talking to the goat. They've Openly admitted this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to be the clear, there are two goats also. There's a white goat and a black goat. Yes. Let's, we're talking about the black, black goat. Yes. Yeah, the white goat will show Who up here. apparently injured people during the filming of the movie. Oh. Black <laughs> Philip. Yeah, it's real trouble. <laughs> yeah, Black Philip. So, has been whispering to them. And then they and have their terrible night. <laughs> terrible night. And they wake up, and Black Philip, and the all the boards are broken out of the goat 
house. The white goat's dead. No, this is they right, they see the witch before oh, that. Right. Yeah. Before that, the witch is right. suckling from the white goat's teat. Yeah, which had is. been previously giving blood. Not mm-hmm. Milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they see her, and she starts cackling, and then something bad happens, and it cuts away, and then it's the next morning. Then it's the next morning. Mercy and Jonas have disappeared at this point. Yeah, the white goat's dead. The black goat's still good. Black goat's still there. Uh, the father comes out. I can't remember what he was going to do. He was going to act something. I think he was getting ready to leave, actually, because he's going to go. He's still going to go back to him. Oh, no, he picked up his axe after. Well, Black Philip gores him. Yeah. yeah. And, he and gets... then he picks up his, his axe, and then he kind of gives up and just mm-hmm. falls down, and all the wood he's been stacking falls on top of him. Yeah. Yep. And then Thomas Mother's still alive. Yeah. Mother's still her. alive. She had a weird dream the night, uh, the night before where oh, yeah. she was... She, saw Caleb and baby Samuel in her dreams and she felt like, oh my God, I'm so happy that I'm back. <laughs> he's so hungry. Again. And then she breastfeeds a crow thinking <laughs> that it might be, or she thinks that she's breastfeeding Samuel, but actually a crow is just biting her boob. Yeah, um, that's, that's right. And you can see the bloody blood stain from her nightgown the next morning. But going back to when the dad gets killed by Black Phillip, in the morning, like, Thomason sees all this going. She she wakes up from, I don't know what. She sees that her dad is, like, dead from this goat slaying. And then, yeah. or not, the goat wasn't slayed. The goat <laughs> did the slaying. And then Thomason is looking over, standing over her dad. She sees that he's dead. And then right then and there is when her mom comes out. And she's like, look, you've killed your dad. And she just, like, blames Thomason yeah, again. Yeah, you You've been yep. seducing everyone and yeah, killing everyone. Yeah, you seduced ways. your brother. Yeah, I've seen the way that he looks at you. And now look at your dad. He's dead because of you. Like, what have you done, you stupid slut? And Thomason's like, Mom, I love you. Hey, Mom, it's cool. Please stop hating me. And and then Thomas Thomason's mom actually tries to kill her. So in... In um, self-defense. self-defense, Thomason sees a, I don't know, wheat-cutting yeah. tool. Yeah, some kind of blade. Yeah, a curved blade and just, like, kills her mom as her mom is is above her, strangling her to death. To, to be fair, she tries not to kill her mom. Yeah. She cuts her yeah. one time. And she pleads for her life and she just says, hey, mom, it's cool, stop. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Turns out which apologist. Yes, <laughs> I am. It's cool. I think it's cool. Um, so anyway, uh, she kills her mom and she's just like, oh my God, I'm so weary from all of this stuff that's just happened. Yeah. I need to take off my bloody clothes and just hang out in my nightgown and with a blanket because my whole family's dead and I'm, I'm, doomed. The, I'm doomed and I just killed my mom. How fucked up is this? So she sleeps at this tool shed table, I think, mm-hmm. and then she wakes up. And then uh, Black Philip comes. She yeah. goes to Black Philip. She's mm-hmm. like, I've had, I, like I've had enough of this. I'm gonna see. Just no one else is around her anymore. I'm gonna see what this Black Philip has to say. If he's the one behind this, I'm gonna talk to him. So she's like, Black Philip, you better talk to me. And after some goading, go goading. After some, um, after she asks Black Phillip to talk to her, finally he does. And this is the best part of the movie. This is what makes this movie so good. This is when Black Phillip talks to her. <laughs> he talks back to her. And what does he say? 
Are you looking at me? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to do the Black Phillip. Oh, I, 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 we got to get through the plot said, summary. But I like this, the part where she's, Black Phillip is whispering to her, and they talked about him whispering. He says, mm-hmm. talk to me the way Mer- you talked to Mercy and Jonas. Yes. And he starts whispering, and then there's a stomp of a foot, and it's a human foot. He yeah. transforms into yeah. the shadowy figure of a man. It's a black It's boot. sort of Guy Fox-looking fellow. Right, he looks like he's wearing musketeer's clothes or something. Yes. To the extent that you can see him, because it's yeah. all in shadow. He's behind her. And then he and walks he's... behind her and tells her, look at the book, and she says, I can't sign my name in the book. Yes, yes, he asks she wants to live deliciously. Do you want oh, to yes. live deliciously? <laughs> Do you like the taste of butter? Do you want a pretty dress? <laughs> and she does. the best part. He tells her to take her shift tonight. off. So she's she's nude, and he says, sign your name on my book. And he's like, I can't sign this book. And yeah. I'll guide you. Yep. So she signs her name in Satan's book, and then she joins the rest of the witches she in his coven. She walks nakedly into the woods, walks and walks and walks, a party. and she sees off in the distance yes. a lot of naked ladies around a fire that are singing. Yeah, yes. talking and singing. She joins them, and then she goes flying Flies off in the, the sky, air. and she's very happy about it. And she's <laughs> giggling a lot, and finally she's... Not being blamed for all the bullshit that happens. <laughs> the end, I'm the witch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You find out who the witch is, it's her. So she wasn't the witch before, but now she's a witch now. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's the witch? Yeah, that's, a, that's the witch. Those I, movies actually had quite a bit in common. I think so. Not just witches. Mm-hmm. I think both of them had a conspiracy in them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Both of them are mostly hinge on a female protagonist who nobody believes or wants to listen to. Yeah, who is innocent? <laughs> a beautiful, innocent, charismatic blonde. female protagonist, blonde. Yeah, young that nobody wants to listen to and has no and no one cares what she has to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, great outfits in both movies. That's right. I, that's true. The yeah. costuming in the Vivich yeah. was so. Beautiful, breathtaking. Both of these movies were well worth watching. Yes. Yeah. I think this is the first set of movies we had where it was like, yeah, 100%. You can watch both of these movies. I'm not sure that either of them are especially scary by when you think of a scary no. movie. But... There was one jump scare in the in the Vavitch when yeah. the witch's hand right. grabbed yeah, that guy's yeah, head. Mm-hmm. That made me jump. Aside from that, I don't think there were any in Rosemary's Baby. So no, it's not, not that really. kind of thing. No. They're more tension. More creepy. Yeah, there was a trepidation. There was just like the lead up. And then there was, uh, I don't know, just a, yeah, a creepy feeling. But there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of like jump scare. Though there was a lot of blood in the Vavitch. There was zero blood in Rosemary's Baby. And yeah. I would say both movies, although it maybe deliver a little better on Rosemary's Baby, rely on its, uh, the premise is like, the main character kind of knows what's going on, and it's just nobody, like, they cannot get out of their situation because they have no support, and nobody listens to what they have to right. say. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby is even more unpleasant that way, because it's just like, she figures out pretty early on something's really bad yeah. is going on, her husband's just like, eh, you're just crazy. Yeah, plus the whole apartment building is against her. Yeah. Uh, it's not just her neighbors and her husband that are against her, but it's all the freaking old people in this old apartment <laughs> building. Yep. And they're custom. all into this cult of Satan. And she's just like, I, you know, she has this feeling, this instinct. Maybe it's a motherly instinct. Plus, it's just like this, you know, the instinct that people have in scary movies that shit's going down. Um, but 
yeah, she's she knows that something wrong is happening and no one wants to believe her. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, both movies also, I think, have a finale, which is uh, crazy. Like, yes, <laughs> for better and for worse, like both of these movies end with, well, this has been mis- like, hey, maybe you believe her, maybe you don't. What's going on here? And the ending to both these movies is like, no, it's happening. And here it is. It's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Hail Satan. The Black Phillip isn't the devil. He's mm-hmm. walking around making deals. Rosemary's baby is the devil baby, and she looks at it. There's a cult, a worldwide cult, of having Satan impregnate a woman, a mortal woman, so that Satan's child can be reared in the world. Yeah. It is it is real, man. There's a Japanese guy and a Spanish guy. They're both there. Yeah. Yes. They've traveled to be Just there. To visit with Satan's child. Both yeah. movies kind of base their... The premise in normalcy, I would say. I mean, Rosemary's yeah. life is just a normal life. Yeah. Normal things mostly are happening. The amount of weird stuff that's actually happening, to, uh, the ratio of normalcy to something yeah. weird. Very like little supernatural it, happens. Right. But there's just little things, mm-hmm. and it gets increasingly mm-hmm. more so, which is pretty much the same in The Witch. Yeah. Yeah. They are living, aside from the fact that they cast themselves out of the town to begin with, so they're obviously religious fanatics, mm-hmm. at least yeah. the father is, which is a little... Even by Puritan standards. Right, even by Puritan standards. He was more pure than the purest of Puritans. Yeah. To the extent he couldn't live with regular Puritans. <laughs> Not pure enough. Woods. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, they just did their regular stuff. They brought in the goats, they, they were tried colonial. to find food, they grew corn. Mm-hmm. It was all normal stuff. So I read in, I read a little trivia about the witch. So I was interested in it. Uh, one of the things, although they have, uh, aside from it being based on true accounts from that time and the dialogue being largely based on true dialogue from like diaries and tales of witchcraft from that time, mm-hmm. uh, they did. The director did say that he at least left it open that the fungal that the plague on their corn is something called ergot, which is a hallucinogenic. Uh, disease oh. to leave open at least the possibility that some of the supernatural stuff they saw was them having eaten hallucinogenic corn, which I thought was interesting. Although the director also said, like, no, this is also meant to just be. And like, that is literal. actually something from Rosemary's Baby as well. It, it, you are meant to be able to think that maybe Rosemary is crazy. Yeah. That maybe she, you know, she is putting the pieces together wrong. Until that scene where she walks into the Castavet's apartment. Well, sure, at that point. And, you know, when the witch walks up the hill and joins all the other witches, yeah. then, you know, that's not a hallucination. Yeah. Well, let me let me throw one thing I thought while watching Rosemary's Baby that I is a big topic, but I want to bring it up. This movie, which is largely about, or to me was largely about, there's this woman, she's being taken advantage of by a... You know, the people she lives with. <laughs> oh, sound effects. Hold on. I didn't think about it. I'm pouring water into a cup so I can pour beer into my water cup. All right. Editing point here. We'll edit all this out. I thought I was being smart, but actually I'm just being loud, which is my life. Okay. Editing point here. Uh, in this movie where, you know, a lot of the drama comes from, like, she's been taken advantage of by everybody in her life and her husband... First, doesn't I mean her husband does believe her? He knows what's going on more than anybody. He's right. he's involved he's in it. I mean, Roman Polanski's a rapist, right? Like he has. 
it's hard for me not to watch this movie and think like, is he pulling from his real life experiences as the attacker here in this movie about a woman who's been raped and nobody believes her and everybody's against her? Well, and like, he, what okay, is the personal rape happened after his his the accusation of race rape right. actually not accusation he was yeah he raped a girl he was convicted I believe he was um, it was after this this okay. happened after that. But that he could have done that before and not gotten or, caught. Or it this is, is something in his life. However, you know. he was... Okay, so at this point in his life, he was living the Playboy lifestyle, let's say. So okay. living in, in... He would frequent the London Playboy um, club, whatever, oh, with his friend. Playboy. Yes. So, yeah, they were having a lot of sex with a lot of women. He wasn't... He, in his own words, he... Um, at this point, 1968 time frame. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... He, this was when he started to develop his relationship with Sharon Tate, who he married in 19... Well, they may have been married at the time. Hmm. So Roman Polanski has had a very interesting life. Sure. He was uh, in Poland during World War II, basically mm-hmm. spent a lot of that time in the woods, hiding out from Nazis. Okay. His parents, both his parents went to concentration camps. His mother died. He was later reunited with his father. My guess is the reason that Roman Polanski is such a small person is that he was probably malnourished during that time frame and so he didn't grow mm-hmm. um, because he is pretty small of stature as okay. was Sharon Tate. There's some really interesting trivia around the movie Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. One, Mia Farrow was married to Frank Sinatra at the time who was three, 30 years her senior. He divorced her during Rosemary's Baby because mm-hmm. she would not leave the film to to start another film that they had planned to do together yeah. because it wasn't over yet and she was the star of the movie and she was in every scene and she couldn't leave. Classic. So basically she had to pick her career over Frank Sinatra. Mm. Uh, so Sayonara Sinatra. Papers yeah, good for her. During the filming of that movie. Um, Roman Polanski was with Sharon Tate at that time. Do you know anything at all about how Sharon Tate died? Didn't she get killed by the Mansons? By the Mansons, yes. Okay. She was eight months pregnant at the time. This was like only a short time after Rosemary's Baby came out. Uh, she and some friends were at their home, and she was there. Roman Polanski was not there. He was working on his next film. She couldn't be with him because she was eight months pregnant, so she couldn't fly. Hmm. Uh, a bunch of friends were over. They took drugs, and then I guess the Manson family came over and murdered them a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. she, like real bad. Something, Blood yeah. on the walls. They they wrote pig on the wall and blood. The first person they killed was stabbed like 37 times. Ugh. Sharon Tate and the uh, her friend were hung on the same rope across a beam, I believe. And yes. she was stabbed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's not good. That's a horror <laughs> movie in real life. And that's all part of Roman Polanski's actual real life life they had. Yeah. Uh, and it still has, right? It's still, still Well, in fact, just like a couple months ago, uh, they tried to extradite him again for the rape. Yeah. That is not a closed no. uh, case. And Poland said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, no extradition. So that's been going on his whole... The rest of his life he's spent running from one Making place to movies another. and running away yeah, from the so law. He could, uh, it kind of surprises me that we allow him to make American films, although mm-hmm. he can't make them here because he can't come here. Right. But we're still giving him money and... Giving him awards, sure. Despite the fact that he's a convicted rapist. Well, and then I, you know, we talked about Mia Farrow, who then went on to be connected to Woody Harrelson. Woody, Allen. Woody, Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. They were partner. Woody I mean, Allen. they were. I don't know what the word for it. They were living together. Whatever. They were a couple. Yeah. For many years, and they adopted children together. She had already adopted Sunyan before that. 
mm. and uh, discovered that Sun Yin and Woody. Oh, and he had been. He had. He was already in trouble with one of their other children and had been court ordered to get therapy to deal with some possible uh, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this Venn diagram between Roman Polanski and Rosemary's Baby and Woody Allen and me right. and Farrow. One of just the things I wanted to say about the production code at the beginning that I forgot is all, is that the reason they created the motion picture production code was because there was no uh, control over movies. They were doing whatever they wanted. And also there was a lot of scandals in Hollywood. And there's some weird there's some weird juxtaposition between that and 1968 where they start the motion picture rating system Mm -hmm. and all this scandal is going on and some of it you know we're talking 1968 yeah and i don't know it's just sort of weird that kind of stuff bleeds into the movie it does whether you like it or not Um, one of the reasons i think that they one of the other reasons i think that they uh, switched from the motion picture production code to the rating system is that in 1952 the supreme court decided that film was a form of free speech mm-hmm. so people so directors you know they kind of they had the, the, the protection to okay do what they to, the license right the license to do what they wanted which would make it difficult to you know get them to obey with the production code which was quite limiting mm-hmm. yeah because that's that that was the thing i thought of while watching rosemary's baby is... he makes a lot of movies about rape by the way this isn't the only one. Sure. I mean, Quentin Tarantino makes a lot of movies about feet. Or I have feet in them. Because <laughs> he loves feet so much. All movies have feet in them. Uh, I, you know, that was just the, the... It was hard for me to take... To not have that perspective while watching this movie where a lot of the plot hinges around, like, this rape has occurred, all these people have taken advantage of the main character, and they're also... Don't listen to her. Nobody cares what she has to say. Yeah, that whole situation with the 13-year-old is pretty interesting, actually. It was at Jack Nicholson's house. Jack Nicholson wasn't there, but Angelica Houston was. They were mm. together at the time. And she got suspicious that something was going on. I'm sure this comes up at the trial. Yeah, sure. Um, and so she's, like, banging on the door. And she, the 13-year-old is supposed to be there for a photo shoot. And so he tells her, Great. we're still doing the photo shoot. Leave us alone. Or eventually she does. Um... But it's also a little suspicious. I, I can't help but question a parent yeah. who would say, okay, my 13-year-old, go to no Jack problem. Nicholson's house. You don't need to be supervised. He can take your picture. Yeah. Or maybe well, she just snuck out. Maybe she was the, like, Corey Kennedy is this, I don't know if you guys know about Corey Kennedy, nope. but she she kind of rose to, like, L.A. hipster fame because she just snuck out to these parties, these, like, L.A. parties. She was maybe 15 at the time hmm. and she she started um dating this guy named mark hunter the aka the cobra snake who who was the photographer of all these like la famous people and just a just a level underneath those famous people like this la party photographer and he was 30 something and she was 15 and she just i don't know she just kind of snuck out i mean some some parents just like it's possible i mean yeah. the woman who was the rape victim did has written a book about that and she actually i guess at this point has forgiven roman polanski and it's kind of like oh i mean she's in her 60s now she's moved on from that event in her life and she's she's just like you know it happened such a long time ago can we just move on yeah plus she was so young when that happened too she the the words that she uses to describe what happened is basically he was doing stuff and i thought i didn't want him to 
but I didn't know what to do. I was only 13 years old, and I didn't know how to get out of this situation. I just, to me, the fact that he's, again, he, he never a, has paid the price for that crime he committed uh, is a little bit hard to take. Well, mm-hmm. part of that, too, so he was, get, they told him that he would serve a certain amount of time. It was like, he wasn't, he wasn't going to get much anyway. No, he's famous. And then the judge, who was uh, presiding over the case, said, no, I'm not going to do that. Actually, I'm going to put him in jail instead. And that's when he fled. Gotcha. And I also think, you know, somebody who spent their childhood fleeing from... <laughs> fleeing from prison. Fleeing from though. Nazis. Yeah. Fleeing is probably not such a... To Poland. Yeah, I mean, that's right. the right place. Not he, a big deal for him. He's not like, a big deal, but maybe just like, yeah, that's what you do when, you, when, tr- when you're in trouble. Yeah. Not fleeing. But there's... To clarify, there is a difference between fleeing the Nazis and fleeing the race you committed and were convicted of. Yeah, no, there's a big difference. But psychologically, you're already set up to flee. Yeah, when he's ready to go. Right. Fleeing is not, like, the last thing he would ever think of. But it was hard not to... I mean, that that was the way I viewed a lot of the scenes. And that, I think, is a problem with Roman Polanski's films in general. In fact, there are whole books about... Not whole books. There's basically essays about whether or not it whether or not a person's life should be taken into consideration when you yeah. view their art, or if you should view the art without thinking about the right. person who created it. I don't in think Roman I can Polanski's not do that. case, it's difficult. I don't think in a case where we're watching a movie where rape is a main part, I can take that out in this mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. Chinatown, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. There, that's not... Oh yeah, I guess there's incident. lots of rape in it. It's all about yeah. a child, a woman who was abused as a child. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> he is drawn to those that subject matter. Yeah, I guess it's so. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. But this is definitely. I mean, this was definitely a really good movie. They're both really good movies. The witch is maybe not as good. Rosemary's Baby is so well made, and the directing in it is great. We didn't yeah. talk about Ruth Gordon. What is do you that Minnie? Yes, Minnie. Uh, she was amazing. amazing. What a great actress. She won an Academy Award for that. She should. And uh, Roman Polanski also won an Academy Award for the screenplay. He should. I mean, <laughs> it was great. Yes. It was It was just a really beautiful, well done movie. <laughs> but it's also so uncomfortable. And that's what makes it like a really good horror movie. They were both very uncomfortable. Yes. The Vavitch yeah. is so uncomfortable. There's so many scenes there where you're like, uh, don't like look at your sister that way, or like, uh, don't don't spit up that bloody apple. Like, gross. <laughs> I mean, you're so you're so sweaty right now, and this is terrible. And like when Black Philip rams the um when when the goat what is it called? The horns. He gores yeah. the dad. Yeah, he gores the dad in his gut, and that's just so disgusting. It was surprising too. I was, yeah. was. surprised by that. It the was very was surprised. surprised. Yes, there's a lot of gross stuff happening in the Vavitch. When she, when the witch kisses uh, Caleb, <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. When the witch kisses Caleb, that's pretty gross. Yeah, I thought that was, was really gross. It's a gross kiss. Mm-hmm. An old lady hand grabs it. Yeah. I. Um, the music in both movies. Well, I think the mu- music in um, the Vavitch was actually probably the more uh, effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Although it was a little over the top sometimes in terms of its... I mean, when the chorus was singing, mm-hmm. the horrifying, you know, Carmina Burana style mm-hmm. yeah. choral music was a little too much. Yeah. I loved it. So, Deb, you had pointed out that in Rosemary's Baby, music hadn't really been a big part of it until kind of the halfway point. Yeah, there was like this one scene. It's like the music was 
really yeah. intrusive in this it, one spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It swelled, and then from that point on, it was just this like, like late '60s, just scary movie type of music, yeah. and it was like kind of wacky and scary, and I don't know, erratic. Yeah, I don't know how you would describe it. It was written by a jazz musician. Yes. So. Okay, that makes sense. It's pretty jazzy. It it was so good. I love the music in Rosemary's Baby. I um I looked up a little trivia for the witch, and there were a couple things I thought was in, were interesting. So this is kind of this first this director's first big yeah he looked movie. like a young man. Uh, before this, he was a production designer and like costume designer for other movies. This was his first directorial debut. It won the Sundance Film Award for something. Uh, they shot it in 22 days. It was filmed in 22 days. Um, and a lot of the actors, the, the I think Thomason and a lot of the actors, it was their first movie. I didn't recognize any of them. Yep. I recognized the dad. Yeah, the, I think he was in like Pirates of the Caribbean or something. He's a British actor. And I recognized the mom, too. Both as people who've been in other movies, mostly in bit parts. Um, but... He used period piece, you know, dialogue for the dialogue and the events. Uh, the witches at the end are speaking Enochian, Enochian, which is like a satanic language from books of from the time by a famous like Aleister Crowley type fellow who wrote about satanic stuff. Um, and he basically just took a bunch of satanic things and and Salem witch trial transcripts and built a movie around it and then filmed it very quickly but beautifully but beautifully oh my it's God. amazing the the movie is so beautiful the wide shots of the forest um even the farmstead that they live on is just even in that room where all the kids sleep on like ratty blankets mm-hmm. like every everything looks like what people these days want their homes to look like on Instagram <laughs> with like reclaimed wood and like freaking yeah. twigs and branches everywhere and like all these fuzzy blankets. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was just beautiful. Like the, um, the room in which Caleb dies, the yeah, sparse, the yeah, the attic with all the, um, bare wood and just this like blanket on the floor it's poetic it's just it looks and they're drying like herbs and stuff up there yeah it just looks so beautiful and again the costumes in the witch are so stunning i thought they did such a good Mm -hmm. job it's just such a goofy movie though at the same time (laughs) one thing i noticed and maybe this was just me because this is the second time i saw it maybe i just missed this the first time is right at the beginning after the witch mashes up a baby she rubs it all over her body, and then she rubs it all over, like, a stick. Uh, and then there is a scene of a very blurry figure stepping in front of the... What I thought was stepping in front of the moon. But the second time I saw it, it's the witch is flying on a broomstick in front of the moon. Oh. And then the title card comes up. It's all out of focus. It's, it's like, shapes. But the second time I watched this, I realized she's rubbing this baby's blood on her broom, on a stick... And then the next scene, you see a figure flying in front of the moon, like almost like a Halloween, like witch in front of the yeah whole character. Moon. But it's done out of focus and it's super scary. You wouldn't even realize it's also kind of a goofy image if it was in focus. I think. I think that the person who made this movie what was the director's name. I cannot remember his name, but I'll I think that it. he really it showed that he really cared about this time period. He respected. I mean, he did a. Maybe this was a thing kicking around in his head for a long time because you've you've got to have done a lot of research in order to have made this movie in 22 days of like 
the how you would write the script and everything. And Robert Eggers, Robert, is the director. Hats off to you, Robert Eggers. <laughs> Can I, I read mean, you guys two trivia's that I just thought were funny? Yes. One is director Robert Eggers said the question he gets most asked about this is, did any supernatural or paranormal events occur during the filming? Which he said he's been asked multiple times. His answer, he says, there were none. <laughs> Excellent. Also, the Satanic Temple has endorsed this movie and hosted several screenings of the film. Their Did... spokesperson, Jex Blackmore, addressed the film as an impressive representation of Satanic insight that will inform contemporary discussion of religious experience. What did they have to say about Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> because there's a lot of trivia attached. Cheers yeah. to Satan. Did I, tell I you love what? that. Um, oh, no, not witch-wise. I had meant to do some witch research, and then I got distracted by... Uh, current events. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I will say that the, and I think I told you this before the podcast, the Dakota or the film, the Bamford, the out the exterior scenes mm-hmm. were shot uh, in front of the Dakota or in and around the Dakota, which is a apartment complex in New York. Mm. And a lot of famous people have lived there. And it was the building in which, uh, or in front of which John Lennon was killed. Mm. Uh, what was the Do you thing? think the reference to um, the, when Rosemary was reading the book, and she read something about how someone was shot outside of the lobby of this building. But no, not. that was um, what's his face's dad. Oh, do you think that part of the movie was a reference to John Lennon? Dying? I don't know that John Lennon had died yet by the uh, time this movie came for out. Foretelling. I'm going to look up that, but um, I'm not sure what what year he was killed, but I I can't say that it was before that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and a lot of the a lot of the older people, the older characters were mm-hmm. actually famous actors from earlier time periods oh, so for example we, we we talked about the uh, the landlord mm-hmm. and he was in the maltese falcon as a very young man right i remembered him from the house on haunted hill one of my favorite scary yeah, movies he was pretty, excellent he, he had regular work the guy who played the doctor also was extremely familiar to me, but I couldn't place him Saperstein? exactly. Yeah, Dr. Saperstein. <laughs> Not Dr. Hill. He was definitely a, a well-known actor. I just I can't remember any of the things I've seen him in, but I've seen him in a lot of things. And I think the other actors were also drawn from that same pool. Mm. You had a trivia to offer about when Rosemary was crossing the crowded oh, street. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted you to ask me about that. So um, uh, Roman Polanski wanted her to wander in front of traffic. Mm-hmm. Not this is not a like a staged oh, no. scene. Okay. And he said he said it'll be fine. No one's going to hit a pregnant woman, and but no one else on the crew would go would film her doing it. So Roman Polanski actually filmed her. They did three takes of her just wandering out into traffic <sighs> without any. That's Roman Polanski. so <laughs> dangerous because New York City traffic is not a friendly type of traffic. Hmm. Well, they didn't run her down. What was surprising me about when I actually saw the scene, because like I said, I, I knew this trivia, but I had never seen it before. Yeah. That scene, I did I wouldn't even have noticed that scene had I not known that it was filmed that way. Yeah. You can't really tell from the way it's filmed that she's wandering out into traffic other than she gets honk, honked at. Yeah, got honked at her and goes, get out of the road, Prego. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know well, what maybe Roman... would... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know what would make it seem to Roman Polanski to be worth it. Like, why <laughs> would you think that that's worth it? Maybe Roman Polanski doesn't have a high view of women. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Traffic as well. It wasn't just her. He did the filming. Just... He's a reckless person, if you yeah. read anything about him. So I read two books. 
I read Mia Farrow's autobiography up to the point and a little past Rosemary's Baby because I didn't have time to read the whole thing. <laughs> sure. And I read a book about Roman Polanski. I couldn't get his autobiography, unfortunately, because nobody's writing about him anymore, so it's a little hard to get. Yeah, who cares? But I, I read a book about his films up to the point of Rosemary's Baby, uh, which was really interesting, which is mm -hmm. where I learned this piece of trivia about the filming and wandering into the street. And, that <laughs> and, I, and then I watched a, a pretty good um, documentary, which was Roman Polanski, Mia Farrow, and... Uh, the producer who I pointed out, I believe, oh, no, the, the, oh, yeah. Not the producer, but the head of the studio or whatever, the studio mm -hmm. executive that greenlighted Rosemary's Baby, who was about, who looked to be about the same age as Rose, as Roman Polanski at about the time this movie was made. Also, hmm. the, remember the scene in the phone booth where I said, there's the producer? Mm -hmm. Uh, the producer, William Castle. Castle. He actually wanted to make Rosemary's Baby. He it was a well known, producer and director of B-movies, B-horror yeah. movies, like The Great. Tingler, okay. movies like that, and he wanted to make something a little more uh, high level, mm -hmm. um, but the guy, apparently, whose name I can't remember right now, um, Evans, I think, maybe, he said, no, I want Polanski to do it. Oh, the author okay. of the book? Or no, the, um, the studio, studio executive, mm -hmm. yeah. The guy who looks like Dr. Saperstein, but is... No, that's the producer. Okay. That's William Castle, the B-movie maker. He appears in the movie. Right. There's a there's a point where Rosemary's in a phone booth, and she's afraid Dr. Saperstein is going to show up, and then this you see the back of a man yeah. who looks like Saperstein, and then it turns he turns, and it's not Dr. Saperstein, but it is actually the producer of the movie, William Castle. <laughs> These movies were exhausting. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby was exhausting. It's too stressful. But it was the first movie where I didn't go, this movie's too long. I'm bored. Let me out of here. Yeah. Why is, I've got to wade through this five minutes until... <laughs> yeah, know. you're never bored in Rosemary's Baby because it's edited. I mean, you said it was edited from four hours four down hours to... Four hours down to about two hours, I think. So yeah, I probably. think that they made a lot of thoughtful editing, and the result is a movie that you're engaged with the whole time. Yeah. You're interested in how these characters develop, each of them, not Definitely. just the two main ones, not just... Um, uh, guy, and, guy and Rosemary, but like you want to know what's going, you want to know what's going to happen and how these her neighbors yeah. reveal themselves to her and the mystery. I want to talk about the death of the girl um, at the beginning. At the beginning, was okay. she? They wanted her were to they, be. Were the they priming mother, her? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they were yeah. priming this homeless gal to be the mother of Satan's child, and, and then, apparently they told her, and that's when she killed herself. Oh. That was so. Rosemary at the beginning, she has a she's sort of half asleep, and she can hear Roman and Minnie talking okay. to each other, and they're saying, and Minnie's saying, "We shouldn't have told her. I told oh. you that would be not a good idea." And what they're talking about is telling the girl that they've been rehabilitating, that they want her to be Satan's, Satan's bride. <laughs> And so they learn from their mistakes and they say, hey, we, the only way we got to do this is we got to drug and have this woman next door raped so that she right. can have her Satan's child because we tried telling someone before and she said, no, I don't want to have Satan's child. I'm going to die now. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> tell her husband who will be like, okay. Okay, I want to be famous. I'm, I'm in on it. Great. Because mm -hmm. I want to be a famous actor, goddammit. I don't care if I let dev the <laughs> devil himself rape my wife. And yeah. I don't care if a guy gets blinded, another guy gets in a coma, and then dies, and my wife is raped by Satan. Yes. I'm going to be famous no matter what. <laughs> We're going to live in the hills of Beverly. So, 
was the lesson of this movie that Satan controls the movie industry? Because that's what I got out of this. A lot of control over the acting community in New York. Well, I will say that Ira Levin, who wrote the book Rosemary's Baby, was not happy that it spawned a lot of demon baby <laughs> follow-on movies Why because not? it was so popular. Because he, he didn't really believe in any of those things. He just wrote a scary book? He wrote a book, and it was, I think, supposed to be more of a satire. Oh. Um, and uh, something I was reading earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, an article someone wrote watching it, someone who was watching it at modern person watching mm. it and saying you know this is a little bit more like american psycho or um the one with brad pitt and so fight club fight club uh, <laughs> you know okay. where it's sort of this is just they're satirizing the idea of yuppies and how carefully they want to raise their babies and I don't get that out of it. I don't get any of the humor from it, but sure. <laughs> well, they, But I mean, it is a little over the top in terms of we have this couch and this chair and we repainted the apartment. Mm-hmm. And, I, and none of their plates matched. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so they make fun of their neighbors because yes. none of their plates match. That's satire I get. <laughs> in that they seem like big wieners up to this point. I mean, it's to me it was a little crazy because they move into this enormous... Manhattan, let's say. I think it was rent-controlled. They made a comment. They did. In the beginning. Amazing, beautiful apartment, and it's a one-income household where the husband is a not-that-great actor, a struggling (laughs) actor. He's a good actor. He's just not very successful. Yeah, not unsuccessful actor. Um, But he gets Satan's help, so. But she does, I mean, in the book, I read the book. Yeah. (laughs) She spends all of her time decorating and doing all the things you saw her doing in the movie, like Covering cushions and making mm-hmm. drapes and, I don't know, I mean, that is, there is something to that. Oh, also, something we didn't <laughs> talk about. Sorry. What's the sexism scale? Oh, no. For oh, God, <laughs> yeah. totally pushes her yeah. around. This was big way. so over the top. This husband is just the biggest bully to his wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. And she's, oh, and she does that thing where... She doesn't agree with him, but she just Oh, that's fine. Pretends, I'll just do it anyway. Or she doesn't do it, but pretend she did. Oh, yeah. I guess that's good. I'll so eat this moose she's and she pours it in her lap. He bullies her into eating the moose. She says, okay, I'll eat it if, if that'll make you happy. This is a food that she doesn't like and doesn't want to eat. Yeah. I can't imagine. And well, it was huge. It was this huge portion of it. I'm like, yeah. that would make me vomit first off. It would. If I... Eat this giant a tuna noodle casserole. Yes, know? as a child, I was forced to eat something that I threw up, <laughs> and then I never forced him to eat anything again. Well, and in the movie, it's like she's eating; she doesn't want to eat this moose, and her husband's like, "You got to eat it," and she says, "Okay," and eats like two bites and puts and then tells him to the go do something and turn the which right dumps over. the rest into her napkin. The scene is like this horrible, like sexist thing, but in retrospect, is much worse because what he's saying is. Eat all these drugs so that you can be raped. Yes. You find out later he's actually much more evil than just (laughs) an evil guy. Yep, that he's actually just, I don't know, Satan's aid? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's the devil's advocate. Terrible. Yeah, the sexism in this movie, like Deb said, is just off the, what do you call it? Off the wall? Off the the charts. Off the charts, over the roof, through the moon. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, through the moon. Um, But yeah, everyone is just... And she's totally there. She's totally at their mercy, too. She goes to a doctor to get a second opinion, and she does sound crazy, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of, but he does the absolute worst possible thing you could do. She's afraid of some people. So she says, her. I'm afraid of them. I think they're plotting against me. So he calls them and has them pick her up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's... 
Well, the Doctor Hill was it? Yeah, the doctor, doctor, the second opinion doctor. The young doctor. Yeah, I mean he break. There's all sorts of confidentialities being broken in this movie. Oh, left and right. <laughs> but but yeah, there's, no one wants to listen to the woman who is right. Yeah, not <laughs> in, at all. In yeah. both of these in movies, both of the movies. Mm-hmm. no one I, wants. Somehow, to I think Rosemary's Baby. It's a little more insidious. Yeah, back to the yes. movie we saw before. It's, <laughs> it's a little more insidious. Yeah, um, because it's. It's multiple layers of yeah. betrayal. Yeah, in the which I at least could see if if you take basically that like they're a little bit they're religious fanatics. The fact that she tells those kids that she's the witch, you, you can at least mistake. yeah you can at least make connect the dots later. And also because her her dad, although a terrible person, at least is sympathetic to her. Yeah, even all the way up to the end, he's like, I believe you, but. Let's just cover all our bases and lock you in with the goat. Yeah. Well, in Rosemary's Baby, it's more insidious because they completely violate her, mm-hmm. like, body. I don't think that that happened in, um, aside from the dad kind of, like, striking her that one time when she was mouthing off. I'm not sure. Did he? I don't, I don't know. Think no, I don't think so. No. Dad's no, sympathetic so to her. No, no, no one violates Thomason in any way, but in Rosemary's Baby, Satan rapes her. Oh, yeah, she's literally violated. Yeah, she yes. is violated and um, lied to, betrayed by everyone close to her. It's yeah. just, um, just only, go ahead. I was gonna say the only support system she has is she demands to have a party and has her girlfriends come over who are like, hey, this is really messed up. You need to go see a doctor right yes, now. Yes, we didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. But she, at some, when she's, she goes outside uh, to meet Hutch, I think. It's when she goes to meet Hutch mm-hmm. and she's outside for the first time in a long time because she becomes very ill at the onset of her pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and he insists to see her. It's the day that he falls into his coma. Um, but she's outside and I think what happens is she realizes, oh wait, I've just been cooped up in my apartment. She's been in pain for three months, and she's been cooped up in her apartment. Yeah. And she decides to throw a party for all her old friends who she hasn't seen in months. Yeah. And apparently they had a lot of friends, and they were their, you know, same age friends. And they do throw a giant party, and her when her girlfriends discover that she's been in pain for three months, they're like, you must go see a different doctor. Your doctor is not doing the right thing by you. And they lock her husband out of the kitchen so he can't interrupt their conversation. Well, this is the party where she also reveals to her friends that she's pregnant yeah yes and then she reveals at the same party just a few minutes later i guess that she's also been hurting ever and they since can she... tell by looking at her that she's yeah. not well yeah. everyone's just telling rosemary that she's ugly throughout this whole movie <laughs> yeah and it sucks because like yeah, she she kind of she she's aware that she's not looking that great there is a <laughs> weird little trivia around her haircut um it's i don't know if trivia is the right word so um be, uh, Mia Farrow became famous because she got a part on Peyton Place when Peyton Place was first started. Does Peyton Place mean anything? No, nope, shaking my head, no. It was a very nope. long-running uh, nighttime soap opera, I believe. Very, And it was uh, based on a book. Okay. Uh, very, very popular soap opera. And she was like 19 at the time that she started. Mm. Um, and she's supposed to play a nurse. And they said, well, you look too young. And she's like, and if you put some makeup on me, I'll look older. <laughs> So she gets this part in Peyton Place, which is also the time that she starts dating um, Frank Sinatra. And at some point, she does get a haircut. Oh, maybe it's the same haircut. I can't, I'm not sure 100%. <laughs> but she gets this super short haircut and he hates it. Yeah. Mm, it's like a just cut. like in the movie. It is a pixie cut. Yeah. So did she, did they, that wasn't intentional? That is in the book. They oh. Have, in, well, in the book, she doesn't get a pixie, 
They don't say what kind of haircut she okay. gets. In the book, at some point, she goes to the Vidal Sassoon salon mm-hmm. and she gets a haircut and her husband hates it. Um, is that a satire of something that I don't understand anymore? I don't know. Uh, As a modern person, I don't follow. I, I, I know okay. who Vidal Sassoon is. Yeah. He's a famous hairdresser. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. She looked great in that haircut. Yeah, I thought she sure. looked great in that haircut. I loved her in the, the shoulder length of things. Yeah, I she loved her in the way through. Um, I do know that she was asked to lose weight. She's a very thin woman anyway, mm-hmm. just by nature. But she was asked to lose some weight for that movie so that during the part where she's very ill, mm-hmm. she's very uh, she would look very ill. And she does. And they did a good job on it. She, yeah. she looks very skinny. And enough. they made her the makeup on her face, she's very too. White and... Just like yeah. with the dark circles underneath and the pale skin. Mm-hmm. It did. She did look sick. Yeah, everyone. Everyone was right. All of her friends telling her she looked awful. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if only she had had the opportunity to actually go see that doctor. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. Except not really. Many you betrayed her, so. Yeah, but that was before she was <laughs> as crazy as she got later. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. All right, so what do, What more do we have to say about this movie? Or or the witch? I mean, the both of them have a... I was surprised that they had... Stuff in common, but maybe that's going to be me saying this every yeah, I, episode. Yeah, I was surprised mostly because I almost, it was almost a random yeah. uh, pairing based solely on the fact that both had something to do with witches. I didn't know anything at all about what the witch was about. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot about what Rosemary's Baby was about. Um, but they had a lot in common. Like, maybe even one of the closest matches, other than just being a sequel. Well, let me... Here are the two things I have to say are this is still in Rosemary's Baby where, and and this may be the case for all of our movies all the way through, that a woman's in peril and nobody believes her. Classic horror trope, but mm-hmm. also very depressing. Um, also, this movie had really no people of color in it, although there were, there's like a black taxi driver. There was and, a taxi uh, driver elevator. and there was a woman at her party, one of her friends. Oh yeah, was one of her yeah. friends. What about the elevator guy? The, the elevator, elevator guy, guy who was in her dream. Who was in her dream. Yeah, but uh, all, all very minor characters, extras at, almost. And the witch, no people of color, although that's not surprising because it's, it's colonial the times. There are a couple of Native Americans who you wouldn't even notice in the movie Except if you watch the trailer, they are seen. They, they're briefly shown as like one of the scary scenes, which I thought was. I didn't even un- see that. Uncomfortable, to say the least, is that when they're showing all spooky, like flashes of spooky stuff in the trailer, one of them has like three Native Americans walking by. Like, uh, God, yeah. Come on, that's okay. But, I don't think there's any chance, unless we make a specific effort, that this is going to change for any of the movies. That we watch. Right now, if we watch like Night of the Living Dead or something, then there's possibilities. They'll die first. The black guys always die first, but uh, well, in that one, there... is it Night of the Living Dead where the where the hero was an yeah. African American man? Yeah, we watched that recently. We watched Dawn of the Dead, and then which we is the watched sequel. we watched. Oh, is that the one that mm-hmm. we Dawn of the Dead? And yeah, yes, he's loved that. Loved that movie. Um, mm, I don't know what else do we have to say. And any... we haven't even. Uh, I've been listening to Jacob's other podcast, and they have <laughs> a portion at the beginning where they talk about three things. The Bechdel test, yep. the racial Bechdel test, and the uh, LGBT the van. Oh man, it's the Van something test, uh, Van Morris test. I think it is Glad's test for LGBTQ characters. In I movie. would say the only, in my right. memory, the only L- LGBTQ character that we have seen to date, to date. who was not, it was not explicit. Okay. Was in, um, oh, I'm sorry, no. 
I'm wrong. Not for a movie you watched. Bride of Frankenstein, and you didn't watch that movie. Yeah, not for this podcast. There is a character who the the director of that movie, director of those two movies, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, was gay. I can't think of his name now because names are not my thing today. Okay. And one of the characters who plays a mad scientist in Bride of Frankenstein is also a gay man. I in my thinking now of horror movies in general, James. No, what? James is his first name. The I only horror the movie, movie I can think of that has a gay character in it is American Psycho, and it would not pass the test because the test is that the gay character is defined by something other than being gay. I don't think that that American Psycho necessarily passes, but it does have a homosexual character in it, and that's it. Like that's I I think that horror movies would be a really hard one to pass that test. Hmm. Yeah. Let's do. Other movie recommendations. Okay. Because I've got one. Yeah, why don't you start? And it's related to Rosemary's Baby. Okay. So Ira Levin, like I said, wrote multiple books that were made into movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boys from Brazil was one. Okay. We watched it. Eh, don't watch that. I didn't watch it. It was too warm. Um, But the 1970s Stepford Wives Mm -hmm. was an excellent movie. We just watched it. And it was really good. I will loan it to you. All right, sounds um, good to me. You can't rent it, so you have oh, to have a right. disc. Uh, that was it. Was really good. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> what, it's what do you have to say? Well, I mean, it's about. Do you know what it's about? I've seen the modern robot wise. It is about robot wise. Yeah, yeah. It's the same story. It's just so much better than the modern one with um, Nicole Kidman. Hmm. Okay. That's it. That would be easy. <laughs> be a simple. Thing. Oh, and I we watched a movie called The Fall. Which is oh, yeah. from the 2000s. Hmm. I wasn't even aware that it existed. It was a very good movie. Okay. A little rough watching at the end, a little emotionally intense <laughs> at the end. So if you're looking for something uh, to uplift you, I would I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. It it ended okay, but there was some real emotional intensity towards <laughs> the end that could be uh, a wear wearing. And we also watched House, which is a Japanese. Uh, Horror movie from the seventies, oh, which that. was pretty interesting. Okay, that's a lot of recommendations. Yep. Um, recommendations, recommendations. Well, yeah, I'm um, to rack my brain while you talk. This, uh, dirt. Sorry, I'm uh, having trouble talking because I've had a beer and a cocktail. Um, anyway, the movie right now, at the time of our recording is when Star Wars Rogue One has come out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be late for you all who are listening right now, but if if you, at your present self right now, at the time that we are recording... That you're listening. That you're listening, <laughs> yeah. you got to see this movie. It's great. Watch Star Wars Rogue One, and then future you, who's going to be listening to the podcast in the future when we release it, should write an email to us saying... How much you liked Rogue One and why? Yeah. Um, uh, also, if you haven't seen Spirited Away, this is one of my favorite movies in my life, yeah. and I had the good yeah. chance to see it in a theater recently. I've I, I've seen this movie. I don't know, like how many times? Um, but movie. I was able to see it in a movie theater, and it's just I'm like tears are streaming out of my eyes as I watch this movie because it's so wonderful. So it's a good good old fashioned classic. I uh, I'm gonna recommend a movie. I wanted to think of a horror movie with a 
female protagonist that's not so depressing. A horror movie we were supposed to recommend. No, no, no. That's I was just thinking. Anyway. Uh, I said recommendation. Okay. Well, I was trying to think of one. I could not think of one other than like Alien or something. I love Alien. Yeah, Alien's that's the great. First thing that comes to mind. What I'm going to recommend instead is watch House on Haunted Hill, uh, the original <laughs> from 1956, I think, uh, which has. An actor who also appears in Rosemary's Baby because it is not scary at all. It's so um, fun. It's very goofy Vincent and Price, very fun. Right? And Vincent Price. I love Vincent Price. If you've not seen it, it's very silly. It's hard to tell how much of it's intentional I'm or not. I'm two degrees of separation from Vincent Price. How's that true? Does that mean I'm three degrees? Because we <laughs> I know don't you. Know. Wait, my, what are you? My aunt Frances lived in the same apartment uh. with Vincent Price. He gave her, uh, I can't remember what it was, but she, oh, a rotisserie. <laughs> was it spooky? You have Vincent Price's rotisserie? Well, not anymore. Not <laughs> anymore? Well, that makes me that many degrees separation. Why did you keep well, you were alive at the time that we received oh. You were alive when you received Vincent Price's rotisserie and you guys didn't keep it? Oh, my gosh. I don't know that I've ever rotisseried anything. <laughs> But it would have been haunted if you did. It was a fine piece of appliance. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> what horror movie would I recommend? I love the that one that we saw from um, the Korean scary movie with the monster. The host? The host. I love the host. Yeah. Um, I love Korean scary movies. If you want to watch one that has basically no female characters but all scary pants off, uh, watch I Saw the Devil. That's very uncomfortable and unpleasant, but it's it's a good scary movie. Green Room, also a good oh, scary yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Green Room that's great. got ladies in it. Aaliyah Shawcat, how do you say her name? Yeah, that's right. Aaliyah oh, Shawcat is so cool, and this movie is so scary. And uh, is that maybe? Yes, yeah. it's oh. maybe. Mm-hmm. Little maybe all grown up into a kick-ass scary movie heroine. Woo. Um, yeah, that movie's great. I don't know, I watch a lot of cool scary movies with Jacob. Yeah, we watched The Omen. The three of us all watched The Omen not that long ago, which was a continuation of the Satanic Baby theme. Yeah. Yes. We the had Omen a came theme. after it was fun. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, there you go. We watched Children of the Corn. We did. We watched a lot more movies. Yeah. All right, oh, here we go. A female protagonist in a horror movie, Dawn of the Dead. There you go. Either the old one or the new one. Old one, I think... Maybe a little more going on, but the new one's maybe a better movie. So we might do a... Oh. Yeah, what do we... Let's talk about the cocktail. Well, I was going to say we might do a special episode. In fact, we're going to do two special episodes. We're going to do two special episodes. Um, Get ready. One of them could be female directors of horror movies. We'd have to watch a few more movies. Sure. Uh, At some point on the list is The Babadook. Uh, Babadook has a female director. I've never seen that, but I know someone who has. Me. It's supposed to be very good. I don't care. Um, I, but trivia, one of the movies that I dug up was was directed by Nancy Cassavetes, I'm going to say. I can't remember exactly what her first name was. But her last name was Cassavetes because she is John Cassavetes' daughter. Oh, okay. and in fact, like three of his kids are directors. Wow. And his father was a director or something. It's like a oh. whole dynasty of film people. All right, now I'm ready to talk about that. Talk about the cocktail, which uh, was delicious. So delicious. the cocktail, this cocktail came together immediately. As soon as I imagined it and put all the ingredients <laughs> and pulled all the ingredients out of my cupboards and whatnot, yeah, uh, except for parsley, I I was thinking about celery, but I didn't have any celery. I had parsley at the time because I was going to make something that had parsley in it. Okay. Uh, and it took one day. I said I'm going to make some rosemary simple syrup, but maybe I'll put some jalapenos in it. Mm-hmm. So I made some rosemary jalapeno simple syrup. So good. Um, and then I just, and I, I wanted to make it a little more savory. Mm-hmm. It was very savory. Because of the rosemary element to it. Yeah. 
So what it has in it is uh, cherry tomatoes, parsley, okay. lime juice, rosemary jalapeno simple syrup, and dry vermouth. Okay. Oh, and a little bit of uh, some juice. salt that I happen to have, which is a lime infused salt. Ooh. It didn't have any of the pickle juice in it? Nope. It tasted like it, it might have, but it's so... It was very savory and very green, mm. very herby. Yes. I love this cocktail. It also came with a tiny baby. Oh, and tequila. I forgot about the tequila. tequila. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's important. Came yeah. with a tiny baby. Yes. A, yeah, a pickle baby with an onion head and <laughs> wrapped in a cheese, swaddled in cheese. Yeah. Pinned with a clove. Horned with radishes. Yes, with radish horns. <laughs> it's delicious. I love the garnish. I love that it was so good. I ate it all in one bite, like Jacob's dad instructed me to do with the, mm-hmm. the, the, the garnish. And all of the flavors together were so good with the little cinnamon, um, cinnamon spice eyes and the, um, sourness of the, of the gherkin. What do you call it's it? It's a gherkin. Yeah, the gherkin. Or, um, it's got another name, cornichon. The cornichon. Um, the, American cheese as the swaddling blanket, like... And the pearl onion was a vermouth-infused pearl onion. All of the flavors were very good together. I told Jacob, Jacob's mom is really good at mixing all these flavors. (laughs) Deb, hats off to you. That's true. I can... That all of it just went... I think this is going to make a good cocktail book at the end. I think so. They've all been really good and interesting. And complicated. Some are more complicated than others. This was the 100% most complicated one. It was hard to make the pickle baby, <laughs> the, the cheese swaddled pickle baby, and uh, muddling up fruits and vegetables, or vegetable. Yeah, I guess tomato is a fruit. Fruits and vegetables yeah. takes a little bit of time. <laughs> Tell us why you chose the American cheese. Because yeah. it is floppier than most cheeses and easier to wrap around a pickle. And the dog loves it. Yes, the dog loves <laughs> it. I ate some. I used to eat those cheese slices when I was a child, mm-hmm. just like out of the plastic sleeve. Yeah. So good. All right. So what are we watching next time? Our next watch. Yeah. Um, I can't plan something else, and then I started to double to, to think again about Oh, no, don't things. think. Um, so what we're going to watch is a movie I have very little information about at this point in time. It's called Alice Sweet Alice. Okay. In the and, 70s? Uh, it's from the 70s. Okay. There was a remake in 2008, I believe. But we're not watching that because that's too old. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a girl who is accused of murdering her sister at her sister's communion. Or oh. about her communion, her, uh, what do you call that thing when you do your first communion? Bad. Yeah. It has a name. Oh, confirmation. Confirmation. Uh, confirmation happens when you're a teen. It's after you do not your first communion. Really? Uh, not in the Episcopal faith. Oh. I'm speaking Catholics. from the Catholic. Yeah, boy, I don't even know. Uh, in the Episcopal faith and Lutheran as well, you are confirmed and then you have your first communion. Because you have to go to school to get confirmed. You have to go to class every week to get confirmed. Mm-hmm. Very much like uh, being bar mitzvah, where you have to know things and then do things. We're not so different after all. <laughs> yeah, we're all the same. United in our differences. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we did a very limp high five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, and then we're going to watch that up against the boy. Which is... About a boy? About <laughs> a boy. Well, there's actually two movies called The Boy. I wonder which one I picked. Mm, the Boy. Uh, one is a bad movie, and one may be a very good movie. We'll see. <laughs> I'll take two I've boys. never heard of either They're of these into, movies. They came out through different years. Um, I believe we're watching probably the bad one. The Boy is a movie about a girl who goes to take care of a couple's... Boy. 
child as their nanny, <laughs> and it turns out their child is a doll. Oh, yeah. I remember this. I don't remember from the flop this house. at all. Yes, the Flophouse did an episode. Uh, let's it. say our sister podcast, we'll assume. <laughs> sister. I want to hang out with all of you guys on the podcast. But we're not funny. Yeah, sorry. I'm funny. I'm so funny. Everyone knows me for my funny nature. Nobody's laughing. Research. Nobody's laughing ever. I'm the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, now we're laughing. <laughs> see? 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 Well, that sounds great. We're going to watch Alice, Sweet Alice. Alice, Sweet Alice. Are you sure you didn't make this movie I'm up? I'm super excited to watch Alice, Sweet Alice. <laughs> and the boy. And the boy. Next month on Decades Podcast. <laughs> That should be our song. The end. High fives all around. Yay! We did it. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Wah, 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 wah.